in the midst of very hard and difficult times. Don't hydroplane over that. They learn to live with hope in the midst of very hard and difficult times. But there was such an inviting, confident, gentle, uh, respectful, powerful, hopeful way about them that what they discovered was that everybody else around them began to ask them, how can you be in the middle of such hardship and hard times? And Today what I want to do is talk and address the issue of suffering and brokenness in the life of every follower of Jesus. So brace yourself to be encouraged this morning. There are four things I want us to talk about. The power of perspective. Suffering is normal. Suffering contains an opportunity. And suffering is a revealer. Let me speak to those online for just a moment. Uh, thanks for joining us on our online campus. Uh, you will need a sheet of paper. We all in the in-house have a sheet of paper about like this. So you need to locate that sometime while I'm speaking and uh, have that ready for the end of the message. And the rest of you, just get your uh, slip ready for that. Uh, so let's talk about the power of perspective. Before Peter even addresses their suffering, and we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, we're looking to verses 3 through 5. Before he even addresses their suffering, and they are suffering, it's not like they're just waiting and all of a sudden now suffering hits. They are in the midst of suffering. They are living in a place where they would not call home. It's not where they wanted to be. And yet notice, he reminds them about the power perspective. Verse 1, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this is incredible. If I'm in the midst of suffering, I'm not sure the first thing out of my mouth is, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But look, he's saying, look up, look up. Look up. Get your head above the circumstances. It is by God's great mercy that we've been born again. And why have we been born again? Because God raised Jesus from the dead. So we live with great expectation. Again, the power of perspective. We have this God who was raised from the dead. So no matter what we're facing, God is able and bigger than whatever we face. So we have great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, so look up, look up, everything. We're not living where this is not our home. We are just not even citizens here at this point. It says, and we have this priceless inheritance, an inheritance, that, look at this inheritance. It's kept in heaven, it's purified, it's undefiled, it's beyond the reach of change and decay. In other words, God has this amazing inheritance for us. And this inheritance will not fall away. It will not, no one will spend your inheritance. And through your faith, verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. This is present tense. Again, perspective. In the midst of being where you don't want to be, in the midst of having hardship, God is protecting you by his power until you receive that inheritance, that final Salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all of us to see. In other words, keep your head up. None of us are exempt from problems. We all can live under a cloud of trouble and discouragement and pain and suffering. However, when all we see is suffering, when all we see is the problem, when all we see is the distress, when all we see is what it seems to be a seemingly insurmountable issue, it tends to suffocate at worst, our hope. 
But when we elevate our perspective above the problem, and again, we're not sticking our head in the sand. We're acknowledging that we do have issues. We have suffering, some more than others, but all of us have some suffering. What he's saying is when we look at God who's above the cloud, above our circumstances, we'll discover that we're living with hope in the midst of very hard and difficult times. Perspective is huge. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. I love the message paraphrase of 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him. This father or master, Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. We have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us in the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. Peter's saying that focusing on what is coming is crucial for navigating what is right now. Where your focus is sets the trajectory of your life. Where, let me say it again, where you focus sets the trajectory for your life. Now, what I'm about to tell you is totally true. Every bit of it is true. You can ask Karen to verify. You will not believe it when I tell you, but it is true. In the first church we pastored, we were right on the, uh, the Texas-Oklahoma border. Lake Texoma, huge lake, massive lake, was right there about 20 minutes from our house. We would take our kids water skiing and intertubing frequently. It was just a great place to go. I had a friend of the church who had a high-powered boat, and he taught me how to barefoot water ski. I was not as large back then. Now, the thing he said was, keep your head up. Always look where you're going. Look where you're going. Look where you're going. So got behind the boat, got outside the wake where you're supposed to be, and it was incredible. It's the most energizing, exciting, exhilarating thing I've ever done. On my bare feet, I'm skiing next to the boat, and my friends in the boat, they're, they're cheering on, yeah, 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 way to go, way to go, way to go. And I look, and I said, yeah, I'm just like Jesus. And I looked down at my feet, and wham. <laughs> Went to a chiropractor for several weeks. What I had done is I had quit looking where I was going and looked where I was. You do not want to look at your feet when you're barefoot water skiing, you want to look where you're going. Perspective is huge for us. How do you maintain right power perspective? How do we maintain that? This is huge. Uh, I love what Jenny Allen said. She said, the greatest spiritual battle of our generation is being fought between our ears. What we believe and what we think about matters, and the enemy knows it. And he's determined to get into your head to distract you from doing good and to sink you so deep that you feel helpless, hopeless, overwhelmed, shut down, incapable of rising to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So the people that I meet with weekly to talk about the message uh, so that you guys will stay awake while I speak. They, all, all of us, we, we talked about it, said, so how do you keep perspective? And everyone around that table said, time in God's word. And not flying through it, but it's, 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 it's unhurried, it's, it's lingering time in God's word. Because that gives you perspective. 
Now, if you may not feel like you know how best to study God's Word, well, have I got a plan for you. For the next three Wednesday nights at 6.30, we are talking about how to be more like Jesus, and we'll talk about spiritual disciplines like rest and celebration and slowing and fasting and solitude and how to read Scripture. That is this Wednesday, and it will begin this Wednesday for the next three Wednesday nights, an opportunity here at the church for us to make sure that we have positive thoughts about where we're headed. We've got, we have a God who's much larger than any circumstance that we may have. Second, suffering is normal. Look at verse 6. So be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. Again, this is just incredible. So be truly glad. Are you serious in the midst of suffering? So be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead because it's about perspective of where we're headed and what God will do for us while we're here. Even though you have to do many trials, the word many means variegated, it means multiplied, it means multicolored, various, diverse, manifold. Uh, we were talking this week and someone shared Elizabeth Elliot's definition of suffering. Suffering is wanting what you don't have are having something you don't want. Suffering, it's normal. It happens to all of us. Third, suffering contains an opportunity. Look at verse 7. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Difficulty is obviously difficult to manage. It's, it's, that, it's that large bully that steps into your path and wrestling you to the ground. And our temptation is to scream for immediate relief. But here, immediate relief is not your friend. It seems like it. In fact, immediate relief almost always, not always, but almost always shortcuts and undermines what God wants to do in you and through you. God leverages these difficult times, and many times it's through the process that God does his best work. We have to discipline ourselves to say, as Jesus did, may this cup pass for me, every one of us. I'm all about immediate relief. But the key to having your head up is saying, but God, may you remove this from me right now. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. God, do something in me and through me. 2 Corinthians 12.10, that's why for Christ's sake... I delight in suffering. I delight in suffering and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Here's the opportunity. When we have nothing else to give, that Christ comes along and says, I've got this. I'll carry you through this. There's two ways to pray. God, help me get out of this. Or God, help me to get something out of this. You see, suffering is a tool that God uses to form us. Romans 5, 3 to 4. For we glory in our suffering. Again, this is incredible. We glory in our suffering because we know that suffering 
if we hang in there, it produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character manifests itself with hope instead of instant relief. God uses pain and suffering in difficult times to mold us, to make us uh, better than we've ever wanted to be. In fact, one of my favorite verses, we'll see it later today, is Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me. This is Joseph speaking to his brothers who threw him in jail. He was 17 years old when he was thrown, when he was sold into slavery. And then at this time, he, it's, he's 30 years older. So 13 years had passed since he was in the midst of suffering. And part of that, he was in prison, falsely accused in prison. But notice what he said. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. That's the beauty of what God can take. It takes our difficult times, the hard times that are around us, and he can mold us, but in the process, he molds us in such a way that other people ask for the hope, and that's what happened to the people that Peter is addressing. They want to know, how, how do you have... Tell me for the reason for the hope that you have within you. And they were able to share. Elliot Clark says, But when our hope is inexplicable, when it doesn't make sense, that's when people open their ears to hear what we have to say. The importance of perspective. Keep your head up. Suffering is normal, and suffering contains an opportunity. Last, suffering is a revealer. Verse 7, these trials will show, here it comes, here's the revealer, that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Elliot Clark also said this, Troubling circumstances have a way of unmasking our highest hopes. Sadly, far too often they reveal our hopes have actually been in this present world and not in the one to come. Wow. It's a revealer. It reveals where our hope is. I heard it put it this way. Whatever you follow up the phrase, if only, that's what you're putting your hope in. If only would take place it's a revealer and by the way this is not a pass fail thing when God reveals you that you've been putting your hope in temporary things I do that all the time and it's a revealer and it's simply it's a long term growth where I just ask God to reveal it to me sooner than later that I'm putting my hope in false things so as we look at this it's, it, it's, a di- it's a diagnostic approach, I guess. Uh, uh, suffering is used in a diagnostic way to show, where's my hope? Keep your head up. Keep your head up. I think all of us have, re- have found this out if you're over two years old. Um, God is not our vacation planner, Jesus. He is not trying to come up with the greatest plan for self-ease and no problem and problem-free. We will experience that on the other side of eternity. So that's why I challenge us once again 
to come back to embracing a new life statement for this series, and maybe long, longer term than that, that we found from Louis Giglio. I don't want average. I don't want the easiest path. I want to know God intimately and deeply. I want my life to defy human explanation. And that is what we're calling New Cub to do. Not, not just to know God intimately. Yes, we want you to know God intimately more than anything else. But that your life defies human explanation so that as, you're, as we're in the culture, as we are face-to-face with people who need Jesus, that they, they would see how we, we deal differently with suffering. Let me, let me end with just this. And it's, it's, I want to talk about when suffering lingers because there are some in our uh, church family who've just lingered and, it's, and it seems to be going on and on and there doesn't seem to be any positive endpoint. So I want to share with you a verse, actually two verses, and hopefully this is the biggest gift that you could ever hope for. Romans 8.26 says, The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we don't know what God wants us to pray, we, and we've all gotten to that place where we say, I have no idea how to pray. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overloaded. I am under the circumstances. I don't know how best to pray right now. Things are out of control. It says the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. The word groan means to sigh as if oppressed. I heard one author say the good news is that Jesus is praying for us. The bad news is we're going to need it. We need the Holy Spirit to intercede for us. When we come to all, 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 when, when it seems that everything falls apart, we need someone to stand by us. <clears throat> the last verse is Psalm 56, 8. You keep track of my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. He's with you. You're not alone. And the beauty of this, if you collected tears, if you collected tears in a bottle, there's face-to-face. You cannot collect tears without being face-to-face, eye-to-eye. And he doesn't delegate that to somebody else. The creator of the universe collects your tears in your bottle, and he records each one. You are not alone. You're not alone. God's in your corner. He's aware. Power perspective. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. Suffering is normal. Suffering contains an opportunity. It's a revealer. It's a diagnostic tool. And the last, I just say, don't suffer alone. You're not alone. He's with you. So let me tell you how we want to close our service. We have... Ten minutes set aside for prayer. This is going to be so good. Uh, you'll want to get your piece of paper. And, uh, and here's what we're going to do. Don't start yet. I'll let you know what we're going to do. We're going to allow Scripture to drive our prayer time. And so in just a minute, I'm going to have you write down where you are currently suffering, struggling, losing hope, or overwhelmed. 
and it may be one thing, it may be a, a, a numerous things. Do not put your name on it. We're going to collect these. So don't put your name on it, but I want you to be open and honest with God about where you're su currently suffering. And then we've got five verses that we're going to run by you, one at a time. Minutes, one at a time for about two minutes. And I'm going to ask you two questions. How does Psalms, this one, Psalm 16, 8, what does it reveal about God? Now filter your issue through that character trait about God. So let me just model that for you. How about that? So what I will write at this point, one of the things that I'm struggling with, obviously many of you know I've been diagnosed with Parkinson's. And so the future is a bit unclear and that concerns me. But I saw, write, write that down, uh, the, the future of Parkinson's. Then I'm going to look at Psalm 16:8. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. By the way, that's not a joke, shaking. <laughs> but it is my new life verse. <laughs> that's called eisegesis. That's called reading into Scripture what's not meant to be there, by the way. <laughs> We're not about that. But the verse is amazing. I know the Lord is with me. I will not be shaken because he's right beside me. So what is this? What does this reveal about God? Well, he's always with me, and he's right beside me. And so my prayer is going to be filtering that, saying, God, thank you that you're with me in an unknown issue in my life. So, and I want to thank you that you're right beside me. That's all there is. And give you time to meditate on that. Now, for icing on the cake. We have uh, four prayer stations, east, west, and east wing, front, west front, and uh, east, east front. And we have prayer team members and leadership team members, governing board members, who would be honored to pray with you. We've got 10 minutes. We're in no hurry. You can stay put, and we'll do the five verses and take the 10 minutes uh, to pray and uh, We'll let you do that. If you want somebody to pray with you, we would be honored to have that prayer time. Just get up from where you are, come, introduce yourself, and share how, you, how we may best pray for you. Get it? Okay, let's begin. Let's take two minutes and write down what you're currently doing and take the psalm passage. <laughs> 